0: This, uh, I know this brings us out of our comfort zone and uh, out of our comfortable padded pews, and, and that's part of the, the reason we're doing this. It's different, it, it automatically you have to think a little more about what you're doing on Sunday morning because we brought it out of there. The beautiful part of this, as I was noticing looking around, is folks, we're almost too big to do this. Uh, it we have, yeah, that's a good thing, too. That's right. Um, we are quickly about to overflow our gym, so uh, we, we'll have to think about how we do this in the future. But this morning, we are launching. Now, uh, as we've been saying over the, the weeks, we don't want to think of this as a one-time thing. This isn't, today we're doing something and that's the end of it. No, that this is not a, an event. This is information on what we are going to do as a strategy as far as we can see into the future right now. This is what we want to be as a church, what we want to be as individual church members, as individual Christians, as we launch out individually uh, among loving among the uttermost, our neighborhoods, our cities, and our homes. This morning, I have the first uh, opportunity to speak. The, the rest of the staff will be up here in just a, a few minutes, and they're going to talk about each letter of launch, the, uh, the U, N, C, and H of launch, and, and how that's going to look, how, what opportunities, what launch points, that's the word we're going to use, what launch points will be uh, provided to you, uh, uh, will you be trained on, Will you have opportunity to minister through as we reach the uttermost, our neighborhood, cities, and our homes? All that's coming up here in a few minutes, but I get to talk about really now the among, the A. Uh, Go ahead and take your Bibles and either open them or turn them on, however that works. Uh, Start the app. To Luke chapter 5. The theme verse for... Launch has been and will continue to be Luke 5 4. When he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. But this morning, I can't just look at that verse. We've got to look at the context of that verse because the context informs that verse. That tells us why and, and how. We are going to launch. So we want to look at the uh, first 11 verses of, uh, of chapter five, Luke chapter five. We looked two weeks ago at loving, and we looked at loving with truth. That was the, the first message in this three-part series. And we looked at the fact that in order to love people, we have to tell them the truth of the gospel, the truth that they need Jesus. Uh, that, that we can't candy coat sin, we can't tickle ears with our message, that we must speak the truth. And the truth of the gospel is that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Loving with truth requires action and contact. If we are going to love with truth, then that means we have to do something, and we have to do that something with people, among the people for our a today. Then last week we talked about loving with compassion. Love that that goes beyond just telling the truth. We must do that, but we must do that in love, Ephesians tells us. Our love must also look like something, must we must do something in love. We don't we can't just say I love people, I love you, but then in no way do we show that. So we love with compassion. Uh, We love like the early church loved We saw, and and we looked at how they loved each other, and that bled over into the community. The rest of the community saw what they were doing, and more were added to the church every day. The end of Acts chapter 2 tells us, loving with compassion, very similar to loving with truth, requires action and contact. In order to love with compassion, we have to do something, and we have to do those somethings among people and that's the what we understand we must be among those that need the gospel we must as a church as church people we are the church remember we don't invite people to church we we call it the church and that's okay the building the gym all these facilities this is the church building but it's only the church building because we meet here if we met somewhere else and businesses put offices in this building, this would become an office building. It wouldn't be a church. The church would be wherever we met. And maybe we moved to a high school cafetorium or we moved to a stadium. That would be the church because that's where the church would be. So the church, we must be among those who need the gospel. And that means for us sometimes, and maybe very often, that we break traditions. We alter norms and we defy logic. Oftentimes those things that we need to do in order to be among the people aren't going to be what we've always done. They're not going to make uh, perfect sense to us. But in God's economy, and in God's grand flow chart of how he reaches the nations, they will make perfect sense. That's what we see in this story this morning in Luke chapter 5, verses one through 11. Read that with me. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch master simon replied we've worked hard all night long and caught nothing but if you say so i'll let down the nets when they did this they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them they came and filled both boats with so uh, and filled both boats so full that they began to sink when simon peter saw this he fell at jesus' knees and says said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. Few things we see from this passage, and there there's a lot we could see from this passage. I could spend a, a great amount of time on it, but I won't because four other people need to get up here and talk too. First thing we see in verse two, though, is that the disciples were done. They had spent all night fishing. Uh, They—it's it's morning. They were done with their work. They were getting ready to clock out and go home. They—they—they—they uh, they, 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 they were fine with. We didn't catch anything, but you know what, we'll come back tomorrow night and we'll try again. So they had no intention of going back out and working anymore. They had cleaned their nets. They had put all their tools up. They were, they were packed up. If you're a school teacher, there is very little that is more annoying than having the last period of the day, or if you're an elementary school teacher, getting close to when everybody knows you get out of school and you're still trying to teach, And all the kids look at the clock and go, oh, bell rings in 20 minutes. We got out of school. It's time to start packing up. And you hear. (laughs) And you're trying to explain the solar system to eighth grade science students. Or at least that's what I was doing when I was a school teacher. They're ready to go. They they see home on the horizon. That's where these guys were. They see home on the horizon. We're going to go home. We're going to get something to eat. We're going to go to sleep. Uh, and then we're going to get up the next day. They were done. They were tired. They, they didn't want to fish anymore. Uh, pushing out the boat for Jesus to, to teach, that was one thing, because then they could just, he was just out in the water a little bit so that everybody could come up to the water's edge. That was no big deal, but, but, but they're going home as soon as this is over. As soon as he gets done preaching, drag the boat back up, turn it over, go home. They were heading home. They had come to the end of what they thought was their day. They had come to the end of what they, if we can bring this forward a couple of thousand years, we're done. we've, We've done all the things we can do in order to catch fish, and we can't do it anymore. The day's over, so don't tell us we have to do something else. They were going home. But Jesus had different plans. Jesus had new plans for him. not just different. This was going to be new. On the surface, we'll see here in a minute, it didn't look that different, but it was new. Jesus had brand new plans for him. Verse 4, when he had fished, uh, finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for the catch. Remember, they had just tried to fish all night and caught nothing, but Jesus knew that their previous Labor had no bearing on his current command. Did you hear that? Everything that they had gone through the night before, and the night before that, and everything they knew about fishing, none of that had any bearing on what Jesus was saying do right now at this moment. What I'm telling you to do right now is my command, he says. And it looked like what they had already done. Just, just imagine you were the fisherman. Just imagine you at your job, whatever job it is, especially if your job was to produce something. And at any job, you have the, the uh, responsibility of, of producing an outcome, whatever that outcome might be. If you're management, you've got to produce the outcome of your employees doing what they're supposed to do. What if, what if, you had worked all day, and for whatever reason, you just couldn't get it done. You couldn't get your employees to do what you wanted them to do. Uh, you couldn't make the oil turn into gas or whatever happens at these plants back here that I have no clue about. Um, you, you put the stuff in in one end, and the stuff you wanted to come out at the other end didn't come out, and you worked all day at it and just couldn't get it to work. See how little I know about all that stuff? Uh, You just couldn't get it to work. And somebody comes in to the plant at the end of the day and says, hold on, hold on, do it again. And hey, look, I have been doing this job for a long time. I've done this over and over and over. If we couldn't get it done all night just because you tell me to do it the same way I've been doing it, it's not going to make a difference. It looked like what they had already been doing, but there were differences. See, what Jesus was about to do here was break traditions and alter norms and defy logic. Everything he was about to tell them to do was going to go against everything they knew to do. Verse 5, he gives them the command or verse 4, he gives them the command. Verse 5, they respond to that command. Master, what they're saying, what Simon Peter is saying here is, dude, I'm a fisherman, and you're not. But if you tell me to, I will. See, everything was wrong with this command. Everything was wrong with the command that Jesus gave them. Gave Simon Peter and James and John and everybody else that was there. Uh, Jesus wasn't a fisherman, that's one of the things that was wrong with the command. To, to our knowledge, Jesus had never fished a day in his life unless it was a cane pole and a, a cork. It, we don't have any evidence that he knew anything about fishing had ever done it. He just shows up and he tells these guys to fish. He wasn't a fisherman. The, the fishermen had already failed. Just like, like I said, they'd spent the entire night fishing. They had spent their entire time doing everything that they needed to do and had caught nada. But Jesus gave the command anyway. The nets were cleaned. They were packed up, ready to go home. This no longer works, was what they were saying. This idea is not appropriate for this time. The reason it wasn't appropriate for that time was because the kind of net that they were using, based on when they were cleaning, when they were packing up, and what they were doing with the net, washing the net, Scholars are pretty clear, uh, pretty sure it's a particular kind of net. It's a, a net woven out of linen strips, and it was used for nighttime fishing. So if they let this net down in the daytime, fish see it. So there is no way this is going to work. Everything is wrong with this. They tried it, and it didn't work all night. It's certainly not going to work in the day because fish don't come into this net in the daytime, Jesus. But Jesus wouldn't know that because he wasn't a fisherman. He was also new to the ministry. This, this, this greenhorn Jesus, I mean, he's a good teacher and all, but he's only been teaching for a while, and he's going to come up and tell us how to fish. He's new to this. Jesus did not understand how things were done around the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret. He just doesn't know how we do things here. If he did, he'd have never told us to uh, have breakfast in the gym and come in church. I mean, he would have never told us to drop the net uh, like this. If he knew how things were done around here, he'd have never come up with this idea. That's what they're thinking. There's no way this is going to work, Jesus. We know how to do things. We know how ministry works. We know how fishing works. Are you catching some parallels? Things kind of crystallizing a little for you? Everything was wrong with that command. Everything. But you know what? Verses 6 through 10 tell us that everything was right with that command. I can go back and I can refute every one of those lines, but I don't have to. All I have to tell you about that command is that Jesus said it. That was everything that was right with that command. Because what we know of Jesus, according to Colossians, is that he was there for creation, during creation. Everything was created through him, John 1 tells us. Jesus was, he knew creation, and they're going to find this out all over and over and over when he calms the seas and when he uh, multiplies fish and bread and when he turns water into wine and when he heals sick people and when he raises dead people. Folks are going to realize this guy does know something about creation. He knows something about how things should or how things can be if, if, well, if the creator is manipulating things. And that's what's happening. Jesus said, do it. Therefore, everything was right with the command. Everything was right down the line. Because Jesus gave the command. Jesus gave us a command go and make disciples. Or as you are going, as we're going to talk about here in a minute. Let's read 6 through 10. When they did this, They caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full they began to seek. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me because I'm a sinful man, Lord. Notice that Simon changed his title for Jesus. In the beginning it was master, rabbi, teacher, that kind of thing. Now it's Lord. Not not necessarily equating Jesus with God yet. Probably not calling him the covenant name Yahweh, that sort of Lord. But at least understanding, okay, this dude's more than just master, rabbi, teacher. He, he's more than just somebody who teaches about God. This guy's got a connection that I don't understand. That, that certainly that I don't have. He is something more than what I, I thought he was to begin with. Verse 9 For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Verse 11. Nothing should hinder our ability to launch out. And that's what we're talking about this morning is launching out. As individuals, as a church, launching out. Loving among the uttermost, our neighborhood our, our our neighbors, our city, and our homes. Verse eleven said, "Then they brought the boats to land, left him, uh, left everything rather, and followed him." Do you understand the the magnitude of what these three guys just did? Peter, James, and John. They left everything. This was not a family. Just a, a few guys in a family doing this. Peter had partners with James, or was a partner with James and John. They may have been related, but James and John were brothers, and Simon and Andrew, we know his brother, two different families. They partnered, and the way this language works, they had employees because Simon and the others were amazed. It says, as were James and John. So James and John weren't the others; these were others that were working with Simon. This is a huge, this would be a corporation uh, for that day. This, this was a big deal. And James, John, and Peter said, see ya, deuces, I'm out of here. Because I have found something greater than this. I have gotten a command that made no sense, but it worked. So I cannot stick around with this And say, but this is what we know, but this is what we do. I have got to follow Jesus because he just gave me a command that should not have worked, but it did. And they left everything. Nothing hindered them, their entire livelihood. Did they leave it in the hands of some managers thinking we'll probably come back to it in a few weeks? I don't know what they did. Scripture tells us, though, that they left it. They left it in the past. And they followed Jesus. See, there's no excuse that is adequate as to why you and I can't launch out and cast our net. There's nothing we can come up with. There's no reason why we can't be a part of launch. There's no reason why we shouldn't be a part of launch. Everything we do in our lives. Uh, Etta shared this morning, and uh, honey, I'm going to get it wrong, but what was the, the Facebook post you shared The question shouldn't be, is God a part of your life? The question should be, does your life belong to God? See, so often we want to compartmentalize our faith. Our faith is something we do on Sundays, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, some extra activities, and if the church plans anything else for us. In fact, our life belongs to God, and everything we do is His, Every opportunity, every activity, every person we meet is a launch point in our lives. So we, as a church, want to make that clear, but also equip you. We, as church members, as the church, have a responsibility among the lost. The Great Commission says, go, or more literally, as you are going, in your life. When you get up in the morning and you spend time with your family, it's a launch point. As you go to work, I don't know if any of y'all take, uh, I don't even know if we have uh, uh, public transportation or anything to get you to Lake Charles. I guess you just just drive. Uh, I'm thinking Houston, I guess. But uh, when you get there, the people you work with, it's a launch point. If you go out to lunch, the people that you are coming into contact with at the restaurant, that's a launch point. You go back to work. You go to the grocery store on your way home. That's a launch point. Every person you meet is a launch point as you are going. And if we must go, if it is as we are going, then we must be among them. We must get among them. Sometimes we're going to have to force ourselves to be among people who need to hear the gospel. Often it won't just happen. We will come to church, we will stay with family, we'll stay with friends, and our week will be that, week after week after week. And we will have to pull ourselves out by the ear and say, okay, Michael, it is time for you to be among people who need to hear the gospel. A fisherman had to be among the fish to catch them. There was no fisherman that could stay in his house and catch a fish. I mean, unless you got a big aquarium or something, that didn't count. They had to go into the lake had to cast the net, had to do the work to catch the fish. On your handout this morning in your bulletin, it has your commitment, the, the charge to you that we're giving. And it says, we are salt and light, commissioned to launch out and cast our nets wherever we go. That's our theme. That's our vision. That's our mission. We haven't really come down on what that is exactly. But that is your purpose. As uh, you are salt and light, commissioned to launch out and cast our nets wherever we go, that's your responsibility. But folks, the staff has a responsibility as well. We first have a responsibility of the church because we're church members. We too are salt and light, commissioned to launch out and cast our nets wherever we go. But we also have a further responsibility as staff. It is our purpose as staff to provide tools and opportunities for you to launch out. So, on there, I believe you also see our purpose as a staff. We support the commission through discipleship, preparation, and celebration. So that we begin to think about as a staff everything we do, focuses, thinks about, is intent upon providing launch points for you and for us. So, when we have an e group, that is to equip you to do something better worship. That's, that's been Vertical Church this summer. Are we as a church focused on what we need to be focused on? If we provide discipleship opportunities, like we begin this next Sunday with uh, our evangelism Bible study in Sunday school, that's to train you to make you more familiar with evangelism techniques and to get Scripture in your hands and a confidence in your heart that you know how to share the gospel with someone. That is us discipling, providing you opportunities, preparing you, celebrating. This, as much as a commissioning, is also a celebration. This is our opportunity to come in here and celebrate what what God has done to get us here, to celebrate what God is going to do to continue to move us. It's a celebration that we may not be able to do this too many more times because we're just going to outgrow the gym. That's a celebration. We'll just have to build a bigger gym or, or something. Um, no, I didn't just cast a vision for a building program. That was not what I just did. Don't. Nobody panic. Stewardship committee, that's not that's not what I did. So we as a staff have a responsibility and now the, the, the staff is going to come up here and talk to you about, come on staff, start walking, the, that was your cue. Uh, I was going to talk to you about various launch points For each of the the letters, UNCH, uttermost neighborhood, uh, neighbors, city, and uh, homes. And I think Tom's first. And I will come back in a few minutes to talk about commitment and the gospel.
1: Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, pastor. We, uh, the church, uh, the staff has been working very hard on this for uh, quite some time working together and, uh, trying to, uh, uh, come up with a, uh, a strategy, uh, that, that transfers and, uh, communicates and is easy to, to understand and remember. Uh, and that's not a, not an easy task. And so, uh, uh with launch, uh, uh, It is one of the things that we want to be sure that is communicated is that it is a mindset, a ministry mindset. Um, uh, I kept wanting to go in my head uh, to uh, an event, you know, a one-time event. But no, that's not what we're doing. This is a mindset. Just like the pastor said a moment ago, the the fishermen, uh, in order to fish, they had to be out there among the fish. They had to go out where they were. In order to do that, they had to launch a boat. And that's what they did. Every single day, they launched out. They dipped their nets into the water and they hauled in their catch and then they processed their catch. And so um, uh, launch is a mindset. It is a way of life. It is an occupation. It is a ministry ongoing with, without end until Jesus comes back and blows the whistle or blows the trumpet and says, the work is over. You've done all I've asked you to do. Come home. Come into your reward. That is our that is our mission. And so we are to cast out our nets wherever we go in every opportunity. Uh, this mindset also permeates every aspect of every ministry that your church, our church, provides. The uh, pastor mentioned e-groups and uh, other things and fellowships. Uh, those things uh, uh, are to to be expressions of ways that we can launch. Uh, you know, we have all kinds of different boats uh, in, in Lake Charles. and uh, just, We have barges. We've got tugboats. We've got uh, canoes. There's one back here that John Paul Warren built. Um, and uh, uh, we have Pros and kayaks, all kinds of different ways that we can launch and accomplish the job. None of them look alike. None of them do the same thing. But uh, you certainly wouldn't want to go across the ocean in a kayak. That would be dangerous, (laughs) exhausting. Um, And so uh, uh, everyone has a different way, and there are all kinds of different ways to to do this. And and so our staff will support the commission through discipleship, preparation, and celebration, uh, as we've mentioned. Uh, And so I want to talk just for a minute about the uttermost or the unchurched, it's, you can look at it both ways. But the uttermost is talking about going out and going uh, where the fish are, where the people are. And we do that in many, many ways. And I can't give you an exhaustive list or anything like that, but I'll give you just a few uh, top things that, that I would want to bring your attention to. And when we're, when the staff is doing this, I wanted to point out to you, the uh, on your handout uh, that looks that has the picture of the, the Launch Out logo on it, you'll want to pull that out if you haven't already. And if you have a pen or something to write with, I would encourage you to turn it over and use the, black, the blank side of the, of the uh, handout to jot down some notes about what, uh, what launch points uh, we discuss and we br- bring out to you. These are things that, that uh, your church, we can provide together uh, as a staff, as ministry leaders, uh, but are in no way to be considered an exhaustive list. These are just things that we can do and have done and will continue to do. But there are also ways you can launch out on your own. One way is uh, through uh, family ministry mission opportunities. Uh, We're working on an opportunity right now in February when all the rest of the nation is coming uh, this way for Mardi Gras, (laughs) we're going to go west. And uh, we're going to take families uh, to Arlington, Texas, and uh, participate in a uh, a mission uh, field there uh, called Mission Arlington. And uh, you can look them up on the internet if you're interested, Uh, but uh, if if you're curious about them. But... Teaching families and helping equip parents to be the primary disciple makers of their families, of their children, uh, is a key aspect of helping us recognize that need to launch out uh, everywhere we go. And so we want to support, the family ministry wants to support parents in that effort uh, or uh, leaders of households, I should say. Um, Also, there are opportunities through uh, international mission or national missions where we can go to to the Navajo, go see the Navajos matter of fact we got a, our missions committee is, is working on uh, a, an opportunity now that just kind of sprung up all of a sudden uh, to bring school supplies to the Navajo Indians uh, in a few weeks here in September. So we're going to take a very small group of about four to six people and uh, head out there and bring bring them school supplies if you want to help support that through giving uh, or through providing school supplies you can certainly do that contact the church office we can do that or beverly schultons who's uh, heading that up Um, international missions there are opportunities to do those things as well and now we recognize that not everybody can do all these things Uh, some folks uh, we can go and do and do these hard mission opportunities. These reach these unreached people groups uh, that are unreached for reason because it's very difficult to get to them physically, uh, uh, and then also uh, what you find, what you experience when you're there. Uh, some folks can do those things. Other folks can support them financially. Other folks can support them through prayer uh, and, and encouraging them. Uh, and so uh, uh, those are also opportunities. But we will try to do also things that other folks can do. Uh, some senior adults have said, "I really want to go on missions," and, uh, and so we're working towards uh, providing ministry, mission opportunities in Canada, where it's going to be cooler and uh, where you have a few creature comforts there that 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 we uh, that will help us do the ministry there, the work of the ministry. Um, Then we've also got uh, uh, support for personal evangelism uh, through our Unvarnished Truth that the pastor mentioned uh, just a moment ago that's going to be starting in Sunday school to help teach us uh, about evangelism and supporting our efforts through evangelism uh, to uh, give us a good solid foundation from which to uh, share the gospel. A local ministry opportunities through Love Out Loud. You've heard of that ministry for, for several years. Uh, that's going to be more of our local arm where we uh, do uh, uh, projects for our church folks that need a, a hand. And it's also for our community when we, we support Frash. Many of you may have seen uh, the sign out in the, uh, in the lawn there in front of the church office that said uh, first week uh, and, uh, at Frash. And so that's part of it. That's how we let the city know we're here. We love you we don't have strings attached. We just want you to know we love you, God loves you, and we want to tell you the greatest story ever told. And then finally, we celebrate together with our first at fellowships, where we, we come together. We did one already at Fresh Park, um, and we've got more scheduled. Those are all opportunities to launch out and to celebrate together. Uh, and so uh, as we work together towards this, it is an awesome awesome responsibility and a tremendous privilege to launch out together and uh, it's so much more enjoyable and effective uh, when we do this together and we're not lone rangers just out doing our own thing and so now i believe jordan's going to come and talk about our neighbors
2: All right, and so uh, the N in um, LAUNCH stands for the Neighborhoods, and um, that's that's an interesting opportunity for us uh, because I know with uh, the amount of people in here and, and the, the diverse group of people, uh, we don't all live in the same neighborhoods. Uh, while some of us might um, be neighbors with others in here and, and we might live in the same areas, there's a lot of different neighborhoods and places that are represented um, just by the people in this room. And so that gives us a unique opportunity to reach Sulfur and the surrounding communities. Um, And so the church wants to provide launch points in those areas, whether that be um, uh, opportunities for you to uh, invite people and bring people from your neighborhoods to things we have going on here, uh, but also going outside the walls of the church and reaching um, the people and in the neighborhoods in those neighborhoods. And so we've got a few different things that do that. Um, Our Wednesday night activities, we've got things that range for people of all ages. We've got a WANA, um, for the the kids we've got youth activities um, and then we've got the prayer meeting all of those are opportunities for uh, to reach uh, the kids the youth and the adults in these neighborhoods and um, that's one that um, obviously takes place here at the church but an opportunity to reach um, those in the neighborhoods and, and those around us um, another one that's uh, going to be starting shortly is kids beats Kids Beach Club on Monday afternoons. I mean, what an awesome opportunity to reach people outside the walls of the church, over at Fresh, um, to meet with kids that come from all different kinds of places, all different kinds of walks of life, um, all different kinds of upbringings, um, different kinds of neighborhoods, and, and an opportunity to reach them with the gospel, to teach them uh, the word of God in the school. I mean, it, it's an awesome opportunity to be able to do that. And so that's something that's coming up. And as you've heard, we're still looking for volunteers for that. Um, people to uh, to take just an hour a week to, to come and, and to serve uh, and to share the Word of God and the love of God with these kids is an opportunity to do that um, another area is the different service and outreach opportunities that we have uh, we know in the children's ministry they have go days um, in the youth ministry we're starting new things called youth on mission um, and Tom mentioned the LOL ministry all of these are opportunities to get outside the walls of the church and literally go into these neighborhoods and to uh, bring. Bring the light and the love of, of Christ with us um, to share um, in that and, and helping whatever that may be. If it's just helping um, do some yard work and some paint touch up, if it's going and if it's uh, helping some of the local homeless shelters and things like that, there, there's all kinds of different opportunities in that um, where we physically get to go into these neighborhoods that surround us here at the church in sulfur and in surrounding areas in um, and, and order to do that. And then we've also got some things coming up um, that aren't necessarily in place yet, but will be in the near future, that allow that. In October, we're going to be launching something called the 3151 Challenge, and you'll and we'll, we'll hear, hear more about that as that comes up. Uh, but that's a challenge for each and every one of us to make conscious efforts of inviting people to church, um, and, and sharing the gospel with them. And so, like I said, we'll, we'll uh, discuss a little more what that looks like as the time comes up for that. But that's an opportunity that that focuses us and really forces us to think outside of, of the church, to look and, and to see people that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, people that need to um, to experience uh, the, the love and the, the connection of a church family, and encouraging us to go out and do that. And then one other thing, um, an opportunity that will be um, coming up at the church of the year in 2018 is the Bless Every Home Ministry, and we've talked about that a little before, but that literally allows us to pray for each and every home in our neighborhoods surrounding right by where you live, Um, and as I mentioned before, with all of the different people and places and neighborhoods represented here um, in this group, if we grab onto that and and we pray and we we are intentional about reaching the, the people around us. Imagine what the Lord can do um, in that here in Sulphur and the surrounding communities. And so the neighborhoods is very important because that gives us an opportunity to directly affect those around us. Um, These are the people that... And go to school with your kids. The people that work alongside you, the people that do life the same way that you're doing life, and we have an opportunity to reach those people. Um, and a lot are within close proximity of us, and and we have the opportunity to do so um, in that. And so, as we continue talking about this, um, I just want you to to ask and and, and to pray about um, how the Lord wants you to intentionally. Uh, look and be intentional about the people in your neighborhoods and whether that be through some of these opportunities that we've that I've mentioned um, or just simply going and and sharing with your neighbors and being neighborly and and all of that. Whatever that looks like, I just pray that the Lord uh, would start working on you um, in that area, that you would seek the Lord in that to see uh, what um, that may look like for you. But the opportunity for us to physically reach our neighbors um, and the neighborhoods surrounding us is is this great opportunity. And the church is um, being intentional about providing launch points into those areas as uh, right now and then as we continue on. And so um, I believe Donald will be next with uh, community, correct? Thank
3: you. And I'm here to represent the C, which stands for city. City. Good, good. Um, I know you noticed, I mentioned a while ago, how much our city is growing so fast. Um, But, you know, um, because of the recent growth, the ratio of those that are churched And unchurched is dramatically widening now because we have more people, but we have fewer laborers for the Lord. So what are we going to have to do? Well, in Matthew 9, 36 and 37, it says, when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his field. And Luke 10:3 it also states, after this the lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two and told them, the lord is plentiful and t- two by two into the town and places he was he was about to visit. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Um, But many of you might say, I'm too scared to approach people and tell them about Jesus. But you know what? There's scripture about that too. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He's going to be with you. You're not by yourself when you do this. Don't be afraid. The Lord will give you the words to say to these people. Do not be afraid, as um, the Lord told Simon a while ago in a scripture that the preacher used. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Well, we have several avenues that we uh, reach those in our community, in our church already. But I'm sure there are other avenues that we can go about doing this job for him. The first avenue that we do is Fresh Elementary, right across the street. We, as a church, many years have adopted that school as our school, our missionary field. And there's many things that we do to encourage them and help them along the way. Just last week, we had a wonderful lunch provided for the teachers. The day before they were start, supposed to start school, we had a great lunch for them. And we just showed love to them and let them know that we're there for them. For the whole year we're going to be there for them for anything that they need throughout the year the principal knows to call us when there is a need and she knows to get in contact with us we're there Uh, we also got backpacks ready full loaded backpacks because there's some children in that school to do not have anything, they probably came to school without a backpack or anything. Well, you have done that. You have uh, loaded some backpacks up for them. We also have a children's choir program, Tuneful Tuesdays, with our Fresh students. Uh, we offer. I don't know if you know this. Fresh Elementary has no music in their school. None. There's no music. So that gives them opportunity to come over here. We get to present the word through the, the word through music, the gospel through music to them. And we get to teach them how to sing. We have recreation for them. And we've done this for several years, and it's such a wonderful program, especially for them not being able to have any music in their school, to for them to be able to learn music. Then we're starting a new program this year. It's called Kids Beach Club. We'll be starting that in September. Uh, Amy still needs some people to help her. It's only one hour every afternoon. I mean, every Monday afternoon, not every afternoon. Every Monday afternoon, one hour. That's all it'll take. Go over there, teach them some Bible studies, just be there and love them, and then you're through in an hour and you're through for the week. So it's very simple, okay? So another thing that we have is uh, next month that you already are aware of it, that we could reach out to the community, is the Siamu Castle, we will have Beth Moore. Very important that you come to this, all ladies. Oh, this is just a ladies' event, by the way. But anyway, um, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. We will have people from Texas, Louisiana, everywhere to come to this. But we need a great representation from our church here, here at First Baptist Church. I know several of you have signed up. Sign up today, please. Also, the music ministry that we have, we have, a senior, we have a senior adult choir called the Aging Cajuns. Yes, I am one of those now. <clears throat> I'm definitely aging. Um, we do not only have just members of First Baptist Church that sing in this choir. We have some Methodists in it. We have some Catholic in it. We have some from other Baptist churches that come and sing with us every Monday. In fact, by the way, we're going to start back tomorrow working on our Christmas music, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Love to have you. But we go out to share the gospel through song, through different places and times. And uh, then we share, our worship choir shares music productions that we have, uh, dinner theaters, Christmas, Easter, July the 4th, um, presentations. It's an outreach to, tool to our community. In 2018, we're planning an intensive reach out uh, week. It's going to be a week where the preacher's going to get several well-known people, personalities to come, and um, we're going to encourage, and they're going to encourage us, they're going to train us to become more effective ministry in the, uh, in the, as a tool for the community, an outreach to the community. So you need to be looking forward to that. That's going to be really a main emphasis probably in 2018, and that is that one week that, uh, so, Um, In closing the most effective way of our city to outreach That's the most effective way for us to go out and do is outreach Uh, We have to go where the people are if we're waiting for them to come here Then we'll be doing the same thing we've done Ever since I've been here. We're waiting for people to come into this church. They're not going to come They have to be asked. That's one thing that I have realized in my 22 years here. Cause if you want somebody to do something you go and ask them you don't have a list say sign up do you think they'll sign up no they don't you have to go and ask them personally so we're going to have to go out there and talk to the community personally us for it to be successful thank you for your time
4: So I have the last letter of LAUNCH, which is H, and it stands for HOME. And this is a little bit different because we've been talking about go out, go out. Well, in your home, there are plenty of LAUNCH points for you to to take part in right there. The first one is with your family. If you are parents, you are the primary disciple maker for your children and there are plenty of ways that we can help you do that. Um, One way is through family devotions. Um, You know, that is a little overwhelming, I think, for some parents, and it's kind of hard to know where to start because if your family looks like Josh and Melissa Walker's family with four young children, that looks a lot different than Anthony and April Nunnally's family that has almost two college students and a middle school student next year, that's very different. So finding something that's gonna fit everybody is a little hard, but there is a tool that's called HomePoint that we are looking at implementing in the coming uh, year, maybe year and a half, that can do just that. It helps you take what we do at church and implement it into your home, no matter what it looks like, and make it fit your family, whether that's a family of two, if you're empty nesters, like we're about to be, or if you're a family of six or more, uh, no matter what age or stage you are in life, that can help you meet you where you are and help you grow your family, help you grow your faith in your home. Um, Another thing a way that you can make your home a a launch point is to invite people into your home. And I know that seems a little overwhelming as well. You know, this can be people that are in your Sunday school class that you may not know very well. Michael talked about last week in his sermon how the early church broke bread together, and that was a very intimate thing, and that's how those friendships were formed and those bonds were made and relationships grew And that's one thing that we can be doing out of our home. Think of somebody that you don't know very well that's in your Sunday school class, somebody that's new to our church, and just invite them over for a very informal meal. You know, we've been doing e-groups this month at our house, and... Every time we've had it, we've eaten off paper plates. Nobody's complained. Nobody said anything. It was fine. It didn't have to be formal. We all, you know, split up the meal, did something different. Everybody pitched in. Some weeks, somebody didn't have to do anything. Some weeks, somebody had, you know, the heavier part of the meal. But everybody's pitched in. And it has been a great way, uh, before we start our Bible study, to sit down together and have that meal and get to know each other a little bit better. You can also uh, invite... People that don't know Jesus into your home. If you have friends that are not saved, this is a great way to get to know them better and to uh, introduce Christ to them little by little. Invite them into your home for a meal. Maybe invite another family from the church and just eat with them. Just visit with them and get to know them better. Um, that's, you know, that's little by little, you're going to develop that relationship and then earn the right to share with them about Jesus and touch their lives. So look at your home, evaluate the needs for your family, pray about who you can invite in and let God lead you as you launch out.
0: I want to ask you two things. There we go. Just two. It'll be end up being more than that. First of all, how can you commit? Church member, what I want you to do is take either the connection card or the insert. Either one. Now, if you want to keep the insert for the information that's on the front and put that in your pocket so you have it, then use the connection card. Use the comment side. or the, uh, Not the comment side. The sermon note side. And I'm going to ask every one of you to write your name where it says name. That was pretty easy. And on the back, I want you to commit. And you can write out the the commission, the, the statement, we are salt and light, commissioned to launch out and cast our nets wherever you go. You can personalize that if you would like. I am salt and light, commissioned to launch out and cast my net wherever I go. But I want you to physically do this. If, if, you, if you believe this is something we are supposed to be doing as a church and as individuals, I want you to put your name to it. I want you, I'm not going to call you and say, now, you said you're going to do this. Now what have you been doing this week? It's not going to work that way. But I want you to commit to being the salt and light and casting that net. Maybe one of these launch points clicked with you. And you said, I want to be a part of that. When it shows up, when it comes up, I want, to, I want my name in there. I want to be called. I want to get a letter. I want to get a note about what's going on, how I can be involved. Write that down. I commit to bless every home. You want to pray for your neighborhood. Or I commit to Kids Beach Club if you haven't already and you want to be a part of that. Or something else. I commit to inviting my neighbors into my home over this next year. Whatever it is, whatever you've heard this morning that has punched you in the gut a little bit, I want you to commit to it, every one of us. Uh, we should have a pile of people saying, if nothing else, if you don't have a specific, I am opening myself up to be salt and light, commissioned to launch out and cast my net wherever I go. God, use me however you want. That's the first commitment I'm asking for you, from you uh, this morning. The second commitment, though, is your personal commitment, your personal commitment to Christ. Now this morning I assume that we have folks in here who have never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And I will never hold a meeting of of, of any size, really, where we don't talk about the gospel and I don't share the gospel. Because there's always somebody who's not trusted Christ. So this morning I want to tell you that Jesus has cast his net for you. He has thrown out His net. When He died on the cross for your sins, He cast the net. interesting thing about this net is we, we, well, we choose to get in it. How do we get caught? Well, first, admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is who He said He is. Believe that you are who Jesus says you are. A sinner in need of grace, in need of salvation. Repent of those sins. Believe that Jesus Christ is who He says He is. Died on the cross for your sins. Took your punishment on that cross. What you rightly deserved. the Bible says. And took that so you wouldn't have to experience it. But then gave you the choice. Will you receive? Will you believe? The entire Gospel of John tells us. Repent and believe. Will you believe this morning? Confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord. Give your life to Him. And follow him. Not just say, Jesus saved me and think, oh, well, I'm good for the rest of my life. But turn your life over to him. Become a doer of the word. Become a follower of Jesus. And then become a fisher of men yourself. That's the commitment we're asking for. Uh, pray with me, and then we'll sing here in just a minute. Lord, I thank you that you have called us to commit I thank you that you have given us the strength, the resources, the ability, and given us no option but to launch our nets. God, I pray for church members, believers right now who are struggling with the idea of of putting something on paper, putting their name to something. God, the the day we accepted your Son as Savior, we put our name to something. We made ourselves ourselves yours. We became slaves to you, and you have ordered us to be salt and light. You have commissioned us to take the gospel. You have told us to go out, to launch out, and be fishers of men. So I pray that we would move past the hesitation of putting our names on paper and say, Lord, I commit to doing whatever you call us to do. And God, for the other hesitation in here this morning, the one that says, if, if I trust you as Savior, if I were to pray and go down, go down front and pray, or you know, it, people might know that I'm, I'm not saved, or they might think something of me. God, remove that hesitation. Remove any sort of uh, blockage that would say, I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till next week. Remove the, the lie of Satan that says, I don't need that. I'm good. I, I, I've got it under control. God, may we see a commitment to be the Christian we are called to be this morning. And may we see the commitment to become the Christian you're, you're calling unbelievers to be, to accept the salvation that you are presenting this morning. God, move in a mighty way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we sing two things, Church member, believer, make your commitment. Connection card or that information flyer. But unbeliever, if you would like to pray with me, if you would like to say, I want that salvation, I don't quite get what you mean, come. I'm going to be right here. We're going to sing a song of response here. And this is your time to do business with God.